This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, Dundee are riding the crest of a wave. Tam Court's still the favourite at United. And crop tops at Caird Hall. Hello, I'm Callum Woodger and welcome back to another episode of Twa Teams One Street. I'm back in the hot seat and I am joined by George oh. And sadly, that's it. It's just just George and I this week you're going to have to put up with. Um, I say sadly like George much. is some... <laughs> I, I said that like you're some kind of dope and I don't like you or something, but contrary to reports, <laughs> I do like you. But unfortunately, the Bears had... Um, a few technical issues this morning with his new laptop and his microphone, so he's not able to join us. So, George, I'm going to ask you, what's the weather like in Arrow? Despite the fact that nobody um, who listens to this podcast probably lives in Arrow, apart from yourself and your wife and whatever. So, but go on, do tell I, us. To be honest, I'm not sure I've got the experience or the know-how to be able to step up and do it's that. Daunting, job. isn't it? It's pretty daunting. It's, it's, it's bears. It's bears' baby. Yeah, I'm not sure I can take that off. It's it's very sunny here anyway, and I'm, I'm nice and warm. Good stuff. Bear's huge size, 12 feet or whatever, or his big extra large goalie gloves that he wears. So, um, hard to fill, hard to fill. Um, it's nice in Dundee though, it's a nice day. Um, not that I've been out for a few days because of uh, what's been going on at Tannadice, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute, it's keeping, keeping me busy. Um, but Dundee, we'll start there, George, Dundee are keeping you happy, it's always good to write about positive news and keeping the fans happy with what's been happening. Um, I guess we'll start with some of the, the new deals that have been handed out to, to a couple of players. Liam Fontaine signed until 2022 and Cami Kea until 2023. Good captures in your uh, opinion? Yeah, well, James McPake kind of said straight after the game, uh, after they got up, that he, was, he wasn't looking to overhaul the squad. He wanted to look after the guys that had done the job for him uh, and got yeah. the club up. Uh, two of them have been, have been key, really. Cami maybe didn't have the best... Uh, Seasons by his standards and top, but when it really mattered, he really stepped up. Um, I think starting, I, th- I think, of the Dunfermline game, I think, was the, when he first came in at a left back when yeah. uh, Jordan Marshall got injured. Uh, and he'd, he was excellent uh, from there on to the end of the season and, and played a really key part, particularly against uh, Kilmarnock. I thought he was really good. Fontaine showed when he was missing how big a player he's become. Uh, he's the partner for Lee Ashcroft scored some goals this season as well which has been handy but uh, he, I thought he was absolutely excellent at Rugby Park I thought that, that was his best game in Dundee shirt um, and yeah I, th- I think it was Cammy said it was no brainer for him to sign but I think there was no big decision from James McPeak to, to keep those two uh, for next season obviously Cammy's going to be staying uh, a couple of years at least uh, and somehow that'll make him what must be one of the youngest testimonials ever. I gotta be. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Twenty twenty three. So he'd only be, be season what, number ten. So yeah, twenty eight or something. Maybe twenty seven, twenty eight when that comes around. So fantastic achievement. It'd be him. interesting to see how how far up the uh, appearance charts Cami gets. I think he's on one eight one at the moment. I think. Uh, so he's, you'd think, particularly over those two years, he'll make it over the two hundred mark. So. Uh, and beyond. Yeah, certainly a popular figure at Dens Park, fans' favourite, and it's always uh, good to see local guys. You saw it after they won promotion that night at Rugby Park, how much it means to him, and guys like Charlie Adam to 
to uh, to get promoted and be successful with their their, home, their hometown team. So, um, yeah, really, really good to see Cammy and obviously Liam as well signing extensions at Dens Park. Uh, Osman Sow is uh, set to to leave the club, um, headed for for Thailand. George, is that uh, right? yeah, I don't know exactly which club uh, he's going to, but um, I was speaking to the manager um, yesterday as we're recording, um, and he confirmed that. Uh, Big Osman has played his last game. He's, he's off to the, the Far East, um, and he basically said thanks very much. He's done a great job. I think he ended up top scorer Osman so with ten yeah. goals, um, which is a fine return if, considering the struggles he'd had over the probably the couple of years before injuries and just couldn't get his form going at particularly United. Yankee Dons as well, but he showed at times, he, not every time, but when he was on it, it's he was. Unstoppable at times, I would say. Um, scored some really good goals. He had that purple patch in the middle. Scored what eight and seven mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that. Did a great job. He's and he's a good lad. He's well, from a journalist point of view, he's not the best to interview. He's <laughs> he's quite a quiet, softly spoken kind of guy that doesn't say very much. But I think around the place they, they really liked him. They liked his his mannerisms and his attitude and obviously liked the way he stuck the ball in the back of the net which always helps um, mm-hmm. so I'd, yeah I'd, I'd, I thought they might try he may stick around for another year but I, I can imagine that contract over in Thailand will be pretty tasty I would think yeah um, the weather in, in, in that part of the world Bangkok and that's certainly much nicer than it is down at Brody Ferry well, so. not at the moment I'm not so sure about that <laughs> They don't have the same uh, 99s out of a that you, you don't get them in Bangkok, that's all I'm saying. But, um, I mean, I, I suppose Jason Pick's maybe just looking to go in a, a different direction in terms of his attacking options. They've got Jason Cummins, they've got Danny Mullen, Alex Jakubiak, maybe want to bring someone else yeah. in. So, um, But certainly, uh, you know, did a, did, a, did a very good job. And like you say, an important point to make is um, how well he's recovered from you know, a really tough couple of years of injuries and in form and stuff to actually have a, a pretty consistent almost full season fit and playing so no wish wish the big speed all the best um elsewhere it's just dawned on me i actually i wonder i was wondering why bear uh couldn't make the podcast and you know he makes the excuses about you know the technical difficulties but i think he's just out the back and he's goals <laughs> practicing because dundee have got three goalkeepers out of contract yeah. maybe bear thinks um james mcpake's gonna be looking for someone <laughs> To come in. Um, what's happening with the goalies at Dens, George? Adam Langston's, Jack Hamilton and Callum Ferry all um, out of contract? Or some of them are, are going to be getting new deals? Adam Langston's has been offered uh, new terms for next year. We'll, we'll have to wait and see if he accepts that because, well, you never know what's going on in people's lives. But he's um, Every time you speak to him, he really enjoys life up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, him, him and his, his wife, and they just had a, a child well in the past season when, when he was at Dundee. So um, they really like the life up here, and, and like I think they came up to Scotland anyway when they were even when they're down south uh, quite often to uh, go hill walking and things like that. So I think they really like it. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. That he, he's made a big difference since since he. Obviously, came in initially, had that completely forgettable game against the air. Uh, it wasn't his fault, obviously. But um, And then he got injured immediately, and he, he was out for a long time. And then Jack Hamilton played really well, kept mm-hmm. him out. But as soon as his legs came back in, uh, you could see the 
the difference is, I think it came from experience, really, because obviously he's been at really big clubs down south, played in really big games, uh, and he's so loud. It's unbelievable how loud he is when when there's no fans there. I think that was a real impact for for the defence, and, and he played a big big part in and really kind of uh, tightening things up at the back. Um, yeah. In terms of the, the other two, I'm. I'm not sure we'll see them at, at Den Spark next season, to be honest. I think in terms of young Calum Ferry, he's a good young keeper. I think he, he might feel like he obviously got a bit of a chance last year. Uh, I'm not sure he was overly impressed when, when a new goalkeeper came in and uh, maybe curtailed his chances of getting back in that Dundee team. I think I get the feeling that the age he's at, he, he might want to go and play some games somewhere. I think that might, might be good for him. In terms of Jack... Obviously, a great lad to have around the place. He's shown this season that he's a good goalkeeper. Obviously, he's had his his uh, mistakes in the past. I would I would say that being a goalkeeper, mm-hmm. if you make a mistake, it's, everyone remembers it. Um, I think it's maybe it might just be a good time for him to to move on somewhere else. Maybe it's just one of those things. I think maybe it's good for both sides. Maybe Jack needs to to go find a new club and a kind of fresh start and, and show what yeah. he can do. Um, I get the feeling that yeah, James and Pig might be looking for a goalkeeper. I don't think Bear should really hold it too much hope, though. <laughs> uh, he's a bit um, he's a bit longer to put it that way. To be nice, but I think I think you're right. I think you know, like like Jack and and Calm have clearly got it in them to go somewhere and be the yeah. number one. You know, I don't know what level, but you know, d- definitely you know, and they could both of them are probably quite capable number twos next season to whether that's Langston's or whoever else is between the sticks but do they really want that I don't know they're, they're, they're both still quite young for goalkeepers Callum especially so um, there's a chance to go and play somewhere isn't there they're going to go and try and take it you'd imagine yeah. but um, yeah certainly all, all three very strangely have played their, their part this season in helping Dundee get up <laughs> so I'm sure they go with the best wishes um, of everyone involved but um, it's amazing that actually when, when you think about it how you know it's such a crucial position to have some stability and consistency but Dundee have had three men play you know a decent number of games this season there and still managed to get up so now credit credit to them all um in terms of people coming in george um a story that you broke luke mccowan he's he's joined dundee on a two-year deal from from air united um whenever i've seen him anyway i've always been very impressed with him um in the championship uh, a player you'd back to make the step up next season i think so i had the opportunity to to go and speak to him um Yesterday when I was up at the stadium, uh, the kind of news kind of broke as we were going up to speak to the manager and then the news kind of broke, the deal was was done or getting done as we were there. So it, he's a very nice guy, um, very confident lad, um, really looking forward to life at Dundee by the sounds of things. He's uh, told us he had um, some family Living up here, I think it was his, his girlfriend's auntie and uncle are, are Dundee fans, and they were kind of telling him all about life up here. And, and I'm sure he didn't want to disappoint them by going somewhere else because there were other clubs interested. Um, and also, Dick McDade actually played a big part. He said because they're they're big pals from the time they're united together. They, yeah, they, they, were, they were neighbours and they used to travel together. Two Inverclyde boys, I was going to say, because Decky's from Danoon, isn't he? And I think Luke McCown's from Greenock, so... Yeah, he said he was from across the water, wherever that is. Aye. That's not my neck of the woods, so I don't know. No, that'll be, that'll be Danoon. Aye, Decky's across the water from, from him, I'd imagine. So, so 
No, there is that connection now, you're right, but um, you've certainly had a bit of width to, to Dundee next yeah, season. Yeah, James McFaig said he, he would kind of go on the other side to McMullen and, and provide a bit of balance. Um, although, obviously, he'll have Declan McDade to compete with as well. That'll be an interesting one for the two pals. And McGowan has obviously played there as well um, this past season. But yeah, I think he, he was of the players that might be available to come from the championship and step up. He was, I think he was the one on quite a lot of Premiership clubs' tongue, tongues, as you would, as you'd say. Um, mm-hmm. Shown over the past couple of seasons, he's he's been impressive at Air. Obviously, Air struggled this season; they were very close to the. The bottom two places, uh, and but he scored nine goals across the entire campaign in all competitions, which shows he's he knows where the goal is. Um, the only Dundee player that scored more than that was Osmond, so that's as we say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I, th- I think it's a good move. Um, although I, I wouldn't really want to be a, a commentator at the end of next season because now we've got Mullen and McMullen and McGowan <laughs> and McCowan, it's gonna be hard work. <laughs> McCowan passes to McGowan who puts it in for McMullen. Mullen crosses it back for McMullen. It's oh. a goal for Mullen or McCowan or McGowan or one of them. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be brilliant. Tongue twisters. Totally, totally. Um, and Dundee's a, Dundee is a city, is a place that, that a lot of their United players have gone in recent times. You mentioned McDade. There's Shankland and Smith at, at United as well. They've came here and, and taken that wee step up and had success. So in terms of for for Luke himself, it must be a, a move that is attractive to him. Certainly, yeah. He said he was at the age where he, he I think he'd been living, still living with the parents or, or whatever. I think he oh, there's a chance to kind of move move into his own place. And then obviously McDade's here. He mentioned the two uh, former Air teammates, and he's looking forward to taking them on in derbies next season. He said so. That'll be an interesting wee uh, side story for uh, when the Dundee Derby returns next next season, not next week. Is he, uh, is he going to be in the flat share with, with Cammy and Declan McDade well, then? Well, they'll have to move all the, the Dundee memorabilia that Cammy's got. <laughs> <laughs> that big uh, inflatable Barry Smith's going to have to get out of the spare room and he's going to have to get in there. So, um, Aye. <laughs> um, elsewhere, more success. It's like Dundee are just riding the crest of a wave at the moment, isn't <laughs> no. it? But um, James McPeak, the winner, championship manager of the season, is that deserved for you, George? Was there any other people you would maybe be putting into the into the conversation for that, or was was McPake's name all over it? Uh, I'm sure um, Hearts fans would would dispute even with their uh, maybe disagreements with Dundee's conduct in the past. I, I think they would maybe think their and their disagreements with their own manager, I suppose. But as soon as they won the league, they might argue that. But it's, I think. Um, yeah, you can't you can't say that he doesn't deserve it because the uh, going up through the playoffs, it's it's only the third team that's managed to do that, um, which kind of tells you that's a big achievement. I think I think it deserves yeah credit because it's, it's it's no easy. Even though they kind of made it look a bit easy because they were better than Kilmarnock, but mm-hmm. I mean only Livy and Hamilton have done it since they they brought the playoffs back in. Uh, it's usually it's it's weighted. Heavily in the the Premiership team's favour, as we always say every year. So, yeah, why not? I think John McGlynn might have been in with a shout. Yeah. Obviously, done yeah. brilliantly uh, for Wraith. Uh, maybe, maybe if he'd taken them to second place, maybe. Uh, it's difficult to to argue against the team that went up. Um, I, I'm biased, so I, I'd probably argue that Alan Johnson deserved to be <laughs> mentioned for how job. bad we were yeah. at Queen of the South at this. 
first half of the season to get us anywhere near even thinking about playoffs. Yeah, I think he did a great job. I'm sure our both fans would maybe even say the same about Dick Campbell. Yep. There's been a lot of good jobs done, I think, in the championship mm-hmm. this year. Those are the two names for me. I mean, obviously, I 100% agree. James McPake's name was all over that. He's had a fantastic, um, particularly the last sort of dozen games leading up to the playoffs and the way his team performed in the playoffs, like, like you mm-hmm. say. Um, not unprecedented, but certainly a very hard thing to do, get promoted as the championship team through those playoffs. You know, only Hamilton and Livingston have done it before. So um, that alone deserves to win the award and, and the turnaround he's had um, a, a man that's maybe had his critics and been doubted in the past to go and achieve what he's done with this group is fantastic but yeah John McGlynn definitely deserves a wee sort of uh, honourable mention to to take a team you know newly promoted and Rafe Rovers so mm-hmm. close um, and Dick Campbell always does a fantastic job at Arbroath to keep you know part time team in this league so um, credit to them but yeah McPakes all day long and um in terms of I mentioned there about him maybe having his doubters and 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 and, and having you know troubles down the years, um, one man who's really stood by him through all of that is um, Dundee CEO John Nelms. Um, he's shown real faith in James McPake, and despite all the sort of grief or, or flack he maybe has taken um, at times, you spoke to him um, after the Kilmarnock game. I'm led to believe George a rare interview with. Um, Dundee's American chief. Um, as as well as that, what 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 kind of things was he was he? Telling I actually, you? didn't manage to speak to him after the, after the match at Kilmarnock. Um, no, <clears throat> no, I I uh, wasn't aware that I knew. <laughs> I'll, I'll show my uh, well, not unprofessionalism, but my lack of awareness. I didn't realise that he'd started talking to the <laughs> newspapers. I knew he'd done Sky. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I didn't realise it was they'd set it up so they'd broadcast and then you move on to the papers after that. I didn't realise that until Yeah. George, I'm I'm giving you a bit more credit here. I'm <laughs> saying that, that you showed you showed a bit of nouse to think I'll leave it and then I'll get my own exclusive next week. So yeah. um I think that was that was a bit of a genius genius on your part. Maybe but myself and um Neil Robertson, the kind of local freelance, we'd we'd both kind of been saying to the club, can we have a, a chat with, with John Nelms at the end of the season? The kind of chat he always does. He kind of does it once once a year usually. Um, and it just turned out he, he was like, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it on the Thursday. I think it was the Thursday, Wednesday or the Thursday after promotion. So um, he spoke to us. He spoke to the BBC, and yeah, it was it was great. It ended up a really long chat. I think it was about four or five minutes. So we spoke to him, um, and. Yeah, they're still really excited for the future, which is good to hear. They get, they get asked the question every year about the commitment of. Uh, I don't know whether they're just worried that they'll just up sticks it and leave because obviously the bad news this week was that they'd made posted another loss in their accounts, but um, they're still moving forward with the stadium. They're still moving forward with it into the Premiership. Uh, they almost kind of mentioned that. He thinks next year's accounts will look a lot better. They'll be almost break even, um, which is a good step forward. Um, yeah, considering the past year they've had, it's it's quite unbelievable to kind of think about that. How hard the pandemic's hit every single club across the, the country. Obviously, the worries last summer were uh, what the future might hold uh, in terms of how much money they, they might lose because he. You kind of mentioned it'd be five hundred thousand ending the season early, and then whatever happens after that. Yeah. Um, so if they can kind of come out of this with the help from the fans and the insurance money's been uh, a huge, a huge bonus. 
Um, but I suppose that's why you have insurance. Uh, and then the, the money from James Anderson as well that, that went to every club. That, I think that's mm-hmm. helped. But I think, yeah, everything's coming up right at the moment from Dundee. Um, as you say, the, the manager and the players are riding the crest of the wave of promotion, but behind the scenes, things seem to be coming together as well. Um, and Well, we'll wait and see what happens with the stadium, but they've appointed a, a project manager um, and... Mm-hmm. Still not got all the finance in place, but Nelm said that hopefully we'll be able to get that in place sooner and kind of get building work started finally. I don't think you can doubt Nelms and, and the owner Tim Keyes' commitment to to Dundee. I mean, they've been there for what seven, eight years now. Is it eight yeah. years? Um, and and you know, if there was ever an excuse to 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 pack up and leave, that this would have been the time with with COVID and. And the financial strain um, placed on relegation, them, relegation, yeah, yeah, relegation. They've shown the, their commitment and also their their real nous as well with that insurance policy and um, you know, and how much they're actually they are as, as much as he doesn't speak very much, and I've been critical of that in the past, but they they do seem very invested and connected to the club. You know, John Nelms is over here, living here for a, a good number of years now, and you know he's at, he's at most games and um, a real genuine commitment to Dundee and, and they do deserve um, a great deal of credit for the faith they've shown in McPake mm-hmm. um, the sort of <clears throat> goodwill extended to the fans and, and trying to be ambitious I mean I know the stadium has been on the, the table since 2017 and it kind of comes up every year and um, doesn't seem to really get much further forward but you know if, if, if they think that they can deliver it um, you know I'm all for it, it sounds like an interesting and exciting project for a club that's um, in a really positive vein right now. Um, Sorry, I was just on the stadium. I think they've found what the difference is uh, in attitudes towards uh, sport or kind of the infrastructure around sport between America and the UK. Uh, I think Nelms mentioned that mm-hmm. you say the word stadium in America and every, all the banks are queuing up to give you money because it's guaranteed moneymaker. Over here, yeah. you say stadium and, and kind of everyone runs away because... <laughs> they assume that football means you're just going to lose money so I think they've Aye. had to battle battle that kind of difference in the in mindset I suppose across here yep no it's um, it's, it's certainly um, exciting and interesting times at Dens Park we'll see where that all goes um, in terms of next season season tickets are on sale um, the, the, the draw has been made for the 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 newly revamped Premier Sports Cup I'm still calling it the Betfred known as the League mate. Cup or the Betfred Cup no. or yeah, I know. I'm still calling it the CIS Cup from years ago. So, um, well, I think Betfred have got their more than their money's worth out of that sponsorship deal. That everyone's going to still keep calling it the Betfred. I actually wrote Betfred almost in, in a piece yesterday. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. But um, Dundee's draw. They're in Group C. It all kicks off on July 13th at home to Brora Rangers. Oh God, it's home. Um, Ross County away. <laughs> Thank God it's home, that's some trip But don't worry George, you've got a long away trip to Ross County Not not long <laughs> after that um, That game's on the TV July 18th, Montrose away on July 21st And then Forfar at home On July 24th um, It's like a wee kind of northeast Section um, with Montrose And Forfar, but you've also got those big long trips But um, Ross County Obviously the big test in that group But one that Dundee should be looking to get out of Yeah, I don't think they'll, they'll... Be worried about it in the opposition. Obviously, they played Brora up at Brora first game of the last season, um, which is enjoyed mm-hmm. making that trip. I 
quite happy not to make it again. But um, they, they were a decent side. They showed, I mean, they beat Hearts in the, the Scottish Cup, so they can't take anything for granted. But Dundee will be big favourites for that. Ross County will be a really interesting one. Uh, see how the two Premiership teams shape up ahead of the, the league season. Mm-hmm. Montrose will be tough away. I mean, we know how good Montrose have been over the last the last few seasons. And then you got Gary Overin in charge of Forfar. Uh, Gary Overin against James McBake, which is interesting that the two Stony legs go head to head. Yep, yeah. yep. That's what we like to see. We like uh, we like the big storylines in this part of the world. And across the street at Tanadice, there's been um, a big storyline rumbling on for a wee while now. You know what it's like. You buy a new jumper or socks for Father's Day. Your dad makes appreciative noises, but folds the jumper aside and smiles. But if your dad or granddad was a football or rugby man when he was younger, we've got books with hundreds of never-before-seen photos which will show the interests, the passions, the great days, the best time of your dad's life. He will bury himself in these books for the rest of the day. This is the stuff he really, truly cares about. Yours will be the best gift he's been given in years. With books on Aberdeen FC, Dundee United, Celtic, Rangers, rugby, Scottish football internationals and even football grounds themselves where he'd have celebrated and commiserated as a boy. These big, beautiful books will feel like a substantial gift when you hand over the parcel. As one of our podcast listeners, you can get an exclusive 15% discount on the books in our Football in the Black and White Era series at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code GIFT15 at checkout. That's G-I-F-T-1-5 at the checkout of dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms. And if this sounds like something you'd like, go on, treat yourself. Or maybe drop a series of heavy hints. Yeah, it's the big story at Dundee United over the past week that I mentioned just there, of course, is Mickey Mellon's departure from the manager's hot seat. He has rejoined Tranmere Rovers on a two-year deal less than a year after leaving the world for United. Um, Tam Courts is still the favourite United Academy coach to take over. Um, George, are you surprised at Mellon returning to Tranmere or you know, is this one that you thought was maybe on the cards? I don't think many people will be surprised. Um, I think as soon as that job uh, came available, it was obviously there have been stories about Mickey Mellon possibly not uh, returning for the next the next season. And, and then when that job came up, you, you kind of thought the writing was maybe on the wall. Um, it's one of those, it's, I don't know, I saw in his interview, he questioned whether he should ever go back. I think it'd be really interesting to see how he gets on there. Um, but it was also interesting to see in that interview that it, it was a kind of um, mutual decision. I mean, we see it all the time. When managers leave clubs by mutual mm-hmm. consent, yeah. it's, it's generally euphemism for getting booted out the door. But um, it seemed like it actually it really was. Both sides just went, "This isn't quite working." So let's uh, shake hands and, and part ways and, and go different directions. So um, wish him all the best down there. To be honest, um, interesting to see. Obviously, we, we think we know who might replace him, but it's still rumbling on a wee bit. There's, I think, there's a. As a uh, columnist and occasional podcaster Lee Wilkie said this week, there's a void that needs to be filled, and it, it kind of every day that passes, it feels like that's more pressing. I would say. 
Yeah, there's been a few names banded about, hasn't there? Obviously, Tam Coates, who's the head of uh, tactical performance in the United Academy, he's still the the big favourite. But Stuart Petrie's been a name that's banded about. He his odds were, were slashed quite heavily on on the betting markets this week, but um, we understand that that's not the case. He won't be getting an interview. Other names have been floated around: Derek McInnes, uh, Cameron Toshak, who's um, yeah, another name, uh, maybe a, a less lesser known name, who's been been thrown into the mix. But certainly, um, Tam Courts is still the front runner. United have um, began discussions with potential head coaches this week. They, they, they released a statement as well, saying that there's several exciting candidates. So that's obviously still rumbling on. Um, George, what, what's your opinion on, on courts? We've seen a, a lot of people come out in the last week or so um, to, to state their opinion on, on what he could bring um, to United. Stevie Campbell said it would be a revolutionary appointment. Mm. There's others who, um, a lot of fans particularly, maybe a bit more sceptical. But from your point of view, um, how, how are you feeling about it? The, the Stevie Campbell stuff was really interesting. Having not really covered United much this season, I don't know much about Tam. I've I've never yeah. never spoken to him. Um, obviously, I know I know his his kind of history with Kelly Hearts, and then when he came in, I think they're really impressed with him behind the scenes. Uh, Tanner Dice. It'd be interesting, um, and I can understand why fans are concerned uh, if if that's the the route they're going down, because obviously he's, he's not had experience at. This kind of level, he's had experience in the we're in the Lowland League at that point when he was in charge. Is that? Yeah, juniors, and then they just started out in the Lowland juniors. when he, when he sort yeah. of um, he left. Yeah, yeah. So different, different level, but yeah, it's a it's a good level. I mean, it's just, it's a different kind of I don't know the pressures and and stuff that with the the extra kind of scrutiny and, and fan base and stuff. That's that's something you can't really prepare for. Um, I like. The idea of kind of producing your own coaches, I think that's mm. quite a, a, a maybe a novel way to do it. And in the way that Scottish football has run for a long time, where you you bring in a coach and then he revamps everything and he's in charge, and then suddenly the results start going wrong and you, and you have to change again, and you, everything changes. Uh, for stability, that's, that's a good way to do it. I, th- I think you need experience as well. We kind of talked about this last week. I think that's where it, it kind of falls down. It's if if they go with Tam course, I think they have to find a really experienced number two to go with them. I think that'd be absolutely essential. Um, someone yeah. who's been been around the block and, and done it and can kind of iron out any problems that maybe the, the young manager's never kind of come across before or problems where he, he, he can see trouble coming a lot uh, kind of down the line and, and he can nip it in the bud wee things like that I think that'd be really important mm-hmm. and Gordon Forrest is is a man that's been sort of touted for for that number two role of course he worked at United previously under under Robbie Nielsen him and Lee McCulloch were, were sort of joint assistant managers um, he's still with Robbie at Hearts at the moment um, but he he would he would fit that bill, wouldn't he, of someone who has that experience, particularly as a sort of a coach in the background, um, and and to help a younger manager in in Tam sort of maybe find his feet if he does um, indeed land the job. Yeah, the, oh, I always found um, speaking to Gordon Forrest, he was very impressive. I thought um, I'm not sure he he quite had the same uh, 
I was going to say sex appeal there. I'm not sure that's the right way to put it, but the, the same kind of uh, Hollywood <laughs> uh, yeah. limelight as Robbie Nielsen X and Louis McCulloch. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a more appropriate yeah. term than sex factor. But, um, but <laughs> sex appeal, know, sex appeal, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think uh, he always seemed like a very, very good coach in the way he spoke. Um, and uh, you get that opinion from people who have worked under him as well and I get the feeling that Robbie Nielsen does not want to let him go um, so I think it's probably worth a try Yeah I mean if, personally I mean I, I probably know Tam a little bit better from covering the United beat for the last couple of seasons since he's come in and become a part of the academy under under Andy Goldie and, and look it looks like he's he's certainly the favourite and he's going to get an interview and he's definitely part of these discussions that the board that United are having this week with potential candidates um, and it, it, you know I spoke to Stevie Campbell who's obviously the former youth chief at United, very highly respected youth chief who brought through a lot of top top players but um, he, he was quite excited by the appointment saying that like you quite rightly say George if if you can develop young players then why not develop mm. young coaches, I mean we sort of had a laugh last week and said well, hopefully it doesn't turn out to be an Ian Cathro but you know Stevie Campbell in his interview with me this week said I hope he does turn out to be Ian Cathro and I don't think he means <laughs> in terms of the the kind of uh, troubled yeah. tenure that, that Cathro had at Hearts but I think certainly Cathro had a really big impact as a, as a young coach at, at United and then he's gone on to to be a really good sort of number two or number three at really big clubs like uh, Newcastle and Valencia, Wolves um, and it, you know it's a different it's a different game. So the, what I felt about uh, Ian Cathro was he he didn't quite have the kind of communication in the interviews and stuff. I, I, I don't think he ever had the kind of communication skills to be like the main man. Yeah. Is Tam Courts more? Obviously, he's done a, a wee bit of press with the Livingston game. Is, is he is he more suited to that sort of stuff and, and getting his ideas across? Yeah, he's a very good communicator and um, certainly confident in his own abilities and, and knows his stuff. There's absolutely no doubt. And I don't think even the fans that are sceptical, and we've seen a lot of um, fan groups, you know, the Federation of Dundee United Supporters Clubs and the Dundee United Supporters Group, they've sort of expressed their concerns about the the, the, the appointment process and those who are in, in charge of that process um, in recent times. But I think even those with um, sort of reservations about him getting the job would recognise that he knows his football and he's, he's good at what he mm. does. Um he had. He, he wouldn't even be in the conversation if he wasn't. Um, he was at Kelty for a, for a good number of years and had a lot of success there. He was brought to the academy very much as a as a crucial part of Andy Goldie's backroom team. Um, he took the team when when Mickey Mellon had to go into COVID isolation uh, down at Livingston. Certainly in terms of the off pitch stuff, dealing with players, dealing with the press. I don't think it will phase him. Obviously, the pressures of being the boss and having to get results and being accountable to a board of directors and to the fans and whatever else is something that he'll have experienced on a smaller level with Kelty but maybe not on quite the grand scale um, at United and of course you mentioned having an experience number two I think that, that that is something the club are definitely looking at and I think would be a, a must uh, obviously he has guys like you imagine Dave Bowman will continue to to have his association with the club and be involved and um, Brian Grant and people like that really experienced guys in the back background that can help him out for sure but um, having that, that strong number two to, to lean on at times um, certainly um, you know 
would would be desirable. Um, what's Jimmy Nickel doing actually? He's always good for these kind of things. Um, just sort of pops up when he's needed there. <laughs> he's yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure he. he I'm not sure he enjoyed the way his uh, spell in the city ended uh, last no. year, but um... <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's he's probably the kind of one like he's the, he's the mold. I mean, he he's certainly looking at at Dundee. I mean, he certainly helped James McPeak along his way. And I know James McPeak's now got a really strong relationship with his own number two, Dave McKay. But um, you know, McPeak always speaks highly of of Nicole. So someone in that mold. I'm not saying that, and it's absolutely that's based on absolutely nothing. That's just me plucking out of my head but well it's the like same that, idea though isn't it yeah that's yeah. It's, it's that mold it's that mold um that they're maybe looking jimmy for nickel to, mold yeah jimmy the jimmy nickel mold i, I think they broke um they definitely broke the mold after they after he came out <laughs> but um regardless of of who gets the job you know courts is a favorite there's other names um supposedly uh in there uh getting interviewed and, and spoken to but regardless what does the new manager have to deal with when he comes in for you, George? What's what's in his entry? What's top of the list of priorities for, for next season moving forward for Dundee United? There's probably a few angry emails in his entry, to be honest. I would <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, that's that's maybe something just to... To manage Dundee give... United FC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fans will obviously give any new manager... Uh, the time and and the kind of opportunity uh, to get things right, and I, th- I think that'll be that'll be key. Um, I think Mickey, Mickey Millen did that really well actually last year when he came in. Said a lot of the right things. It maybe didn't quite turn out as, as the way we'd all hoped, but I'd um, certainly ask to get the fans on side. I mean, that might be a bigger job than anyone is able to do, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's there's not much time really between now and the and the season kicking off. Or the Kelly Hart's on the yeah. just, just over a month. Um, it's let on my birthday that that game. So, oh, happy birthday, John! As an aside, I, I don't know why I mentioned that. <laughs> just I just didn't realise it was the same date. But, um, I so and obviously there's you need to refresh your your team. I mean, United did okay last season. Did the job. Stayed out of trouble. Almost got top six, weren't too far off it. But they're an ambitious club, they want to push on. So there's that, you need to assess your squad really quickly with not a lot of time, really. Is what maybe only just over a couple of weeks till pre season starts. So uh, figuring out how to get some big jobs done very quickly, I think, would be the first task. Yeah, I mean, recruitment's obviously a big one that they'll be looking at, isn't it? I mean, they've got. Big question marks over the future of some of their key players like Benjamin Seagrift and Lawrence Shankland, um, Ryan Edwards. Even they've they've only got a year left to run in their deals, and there's certainly been interest in all three of those players um, over the last sort of twelve months or so. Um, youth development's maybe another one. It's something that the club are really big on, and that's you know indicative in, in courts being considered for the role is how how much um, emphasis is placed on the importance of that. Um, that's part of the long term strategy of the club. I think is to is to sort of go that way and try and develop their own talent, sell it on, become sustainable in, in that manner, certainly. Um, I think you're right about pleasing the fans. I think they maybe the style of play last season maybe wasn't the most pleasing on the eye or, or was they were particularly happy with, despite the fact that the results were actually okay to, to finish, what, a point away from the top six, albeit they were they were ninth mm. to make a, a cup semi-final. Um, the expectations, because of the history at the club, are so high that 
they do want to be among the top three, four, five, six teams um, in the country and going for silverware. So, um, you know, the list of expectations or, or demands are, are are going to be quite daunting. Um, it's a big job. Um, who gets it? I'm sure, hopefully, by the next podcast, we've got a better idea. Um, United Search does continue. You mentioned um, the Premier Sports Cup or the Betfred Cup or the CIS Cup or whatever the hell you <laughs> want to call it. Um, that draws off to be made. United are in Group B. They'll play Kelty Hearts, like you mentioned there, George, on your birthday. Fantastic. Um, that's obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I'll set up if Tam Courts does get the job to go to his old team, play them live in the telly. Um, after that, they welcome Elgin and then... It's an interesting one, that, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. It's a really interesting subplot. Kelly one. No, absolutely. And obviously, they've just came back into the league. Well, not back into the league. They've got into the league for the first time. So, um, you know, and they've, they're looking like a really strong team. They've, they've brought a lot of good players in, haven't they? So, um, after that, they've got mm-hmm. uh, Elgin City at Tanadice. Our both come to Tanadice on July the 17th. And then it's away to East Fife. Um, you'd probably say it's a comparably tough group to what Dundee you've got George um, you know no other Premiership team in there but are both tough um, United have proven last season um, mm. Peter Head beat them in the the, the, the League Cup groups Kelly Hearts gave them a good game as well so um, it's it, it's by no means a kind of a gimme to get into the, the last stages of that competition No I think that's a tricky I think it's tricky uh First test for for whoever gets the big job. Um, as you say, that actually United v Kelty last year was the only match I actually did at Tarnice. Yes. Uh, it wasn't the most uh, exciting of, of contests, but uh, Kelty were decent. I thought they were really well set up. You could see they're a team that's going places. Um, obviously, they've changed their manager. Uh, Kevin Thompson, mm-hmm. interesting for his debut. Um and as you say, they've signed some good players that I think they'll fancy that they can... Well, actually, I think Barry Ferguson said his before the playoff and they were playing Brecon, he'd fancy his team to challenge in League One, never mind League Two. So that's it's probably not the League Two team you'd, you'd want to get. No, no. Uh, Elgin, saw them, what, uh, played United a few years ago, but saw them, I saw them beat Dundee last season. Mm. And they're a well-set-up team. Uh, that's... They should United should be beating them, but it's it's as I say, it's not a gimme. The ones are both, I think, are both will be even better this season than they were last season. I think they made a couple of decent captures. That Camel, while the old fox knows what he's doing, and East Fife are a decent team as well. But darn young there, um, United have obviously be favourites in, in every game, and they should should be getting through that group. But I don't think it'd be plain sailing somehow. Yeah, we all know the Premier Sports Cup. That's the big one. Um, but we're going to move on now quickly and yeah. talk about some wee diddy tournament happening over the summer. Of course, I'm talking about Euro 2020, um, which kicks off very, very, very soon. Um, really excited about that, as you can tell by all my um, you know, superlatives there. Um, but Scotland warm up for... The big major finals are first in 23 years with some friendlies this week. Um, they take on Holland tonight, Wednesday night, as we record this show at uh, quarter to eight. And then on Sunday, it's Luxembourg. Both those games are taking place um, in the Algarve in Portugal, Scotland's um, base, as, as they prepare to to, to to go to the Euros, George. Um, 
looking forward to seeing how Steve Clark's team are shaping up ahead of this this huge event for not just the team but for the country. Yeah, that can't wait to see uh, see how it goes. Really, I mean these. Uh, well, I'm not a fan of friendlies ever, but these it's different when you're getting yeah so close to a major tournament, and this is really when it, the last chance to try things out and, and get players up to speed. And we want to get some results. Obviously, Netherlands is going to be tough. They're a lot better now than they have been over the last couple of years. Luxembourg beat Ireland not so long ago, so I don't think that'll be a gimme either. Even given their history of, of being kind of minnows. Um, but we're also missing a whole bunch for tonight's game. I'm just reading the list of guys who haven't travelled. Che Adams, mm-hmm. Grant Hanley, David Marshall, uh, John McGinn, Stephen O'Donnell, Nathan Patterson. So I'm getting right backs. Um, and we're missing a few key players there. So obviously John Fleck is the reason for that. He, he tested positive in, in isolation. Yeah. So... I, up against it, I think, already. Uh, and we've not even started the tournament. It's kind of, kind of classic Scotland, isn't it? <laughs> I think, like, obviously, ideally, you'd want your players all to be available, particularly, like, yeah. have a guy at least in each position to go and get a wee bit of a warm-up. But the season only finished a couple of weeks ago. In terms of fitness, I'm sure they'll be fine. Ah. Safety first in terms of COVID. You've got to, you've got to take that into consideration. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there'll, there'll be someone in the squad who can fill in um, at right-back. But it'll be good to see um, how they're looking, how they're shaping up, um, and these big games coming. Uh, first games just twelve days away as we record. Um, Czech Republic on June the fourteenth at Hamden. Looking at that group, George, um, you reckon that Czech Republic is is that's the one that we're going to have to go and win if we've got any ambitions of getting out of the group? Yeah, you always want to start start on a high. Um, and with England, this is the second game um, at mm-hmm. Wembley. Definitely, uh, I would Tough. agree with that. Um, and obviously, a bit different Czech team to the the one we beat uh, when COVID hit them so hard. Uh, <laughs> what competition was that? Was that the Nations League or the? Quarter? I think it might have been the Nations League, and they had like they had like farmers and joiners and engineers and all that <laughs> playing for them, amateur players because they had so many players ruled out. But um, yeah, it'll certainly be a different test. I saw Croatia got held. To a one-all draw um, against Armenia, who are ranked like ninety something in the world. So uh, maybe there's some hope right. against the the World Cup yeah. finalists, um, Croatia. <laughs> I'm not holding it much hope. I still think <laughs> yeah. they're going to be pretty pretty decent, but um, yeah, certainly Czech Republic one that we'll be looking to to get to get all three points and try and get out of the group. But are you are you looking forward to it? as as a fan, George, feeling confident and hopeful um, about it all kicking off in a kind of a week or so time? Definitely, it's been so long. Um, I mean, can you even remember '98? I'd have been about five, so all I can remember is having the wee uh, daft Umbro top. I had the sticker album, and it was like Colin Hendry and Gary McAllister, uh, John Collins, Ali McCoy, these guys. So it shows you how long it's actually been. Um, I suppose you you would remember. You'd have been a bit older. You're quite you're quite a bit older than me, George. So you'd have, you'd have, you'd have remember oh, that, wouldn't no, I, I, I do, and I remember '96 as well. Um, or well, I remember '94, but obviously Scotland weren't there. So '96, mm-hmm. uh, last European Championships, it was, it was a tough one. I loved our strip though, and that's one of my favourite Scotland strips of all time. I think um, mm-hmm. the Tartan one. Uh, 
just kind of finished. Obviously, England uh, almost did us a favour, but uh, conceded and, and saw us out. Uh, I think that was our last game in the European Championships. I think it, Alan McCoy scored an absolute screamer. Yeah, that was something I was looking at the other day. I think this is only the third time we've actually qualified for the Euros. So, um, in yeah, total, we've never had history in the so. Euros at all, really. No, nah, yeah. not really. So um, hopefully we can make not, some this time. Absolutely, it's a big occasion. Um, also, they've got the the fan park set up in Glasgow. It's um, all set. Yeah. We need one in Dundee. Come on. Uh, yeah, organisers. Um, I think where would uh, you have it in Dundee? Where, where would it be like the, the the mecca for Scotland fans in Dundee to watch the games? Baxter Park, maybe. Magdalen Green. Well, you're just saying that because that's around the back of your house. But um, <laughs> that'd be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> just to the the Kiart Hall would be fine. There's a big square there. Why not? Aye. Although I, I suppose it's a vaccination centre. That's probably not the best place to have it. Ah, who cares? Um, who cares? <laughs> Well, we'll have to wait and see. But I, th- I'm, I'm reasonably confident just that the way we set up and, and Steve Clark's kind of kind of tactics and the way he likes to defend first and then try and take your chances. I think we've got. I think we could we could do something. We could we could cause some trouble anyway. I think in that group, um, we just have to take our chances. That we're not going to have a huge amount of chances. I think that's going to be the key key part to it is taking whatever opportunities we get and making the most of them but I'm I'm quietly confident at the moment yeah we're certainly hard to beat and I think in tournament football when there's only going to be like what three games in a group you know if you can you can sneak a result early doors you know beat Czech Republic get a bit of confidence go into the England game it's a huge you know uh, derby clash old enemy clash get something out of that albeit they're a very very good side you know I hate to say it but um, you know you go into that Croatia game and if you know what you've kind of got um, to play for, you never know. I mean, if we need a point or something, you know, we could just put like ten men behind the ball and just sort of, or eleven men behind the ball and sort <laughs> of uh, try and hold off like your Modric's and Perisic and Mandzukic and all that. But um, certainly going to be um, a great occasion for the country. Um, I'm going to try and look out my uh, Umbro top um, and, and wear it. Maybe a wee crop top, but it might not fit me now. Maybe a bit kind of uh, alarming. So if you see me at Care Tall with my crop top, demanding a big screen for the fan park, then. Um, just, just run away, run away, because I'm a crazed lunatic. Um, but yes, thank you for listening once more, and we'll see you again next week. Take care. Goodbye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>